Thank you, Jesus. Thanksgiving opens the gates. Thank them. <laughs> you know, in the wilderness they were murmuring and complaining. This sucks. It's so hard. It's just like, dude. Open the gates of thanksgiving. What's the gates of God? Your mind. Amen. Your body is the temple. New covenant. <laughs> Our days of murmuring and complaining and whining, even murdering with our tongues our own brothers and sisters are over. The whole world is washed in love. I see springs and the Lord saying rule in the midst of your enemies. You know that verse? Rule in the midst of your enemies. Psalms 110 the messianic anointing that is yours, body of the Messiah, body of Christ. Rule in the midst of your enemies and love your enemies unconditionally, even beyond 497 times, 70 times when they sin against you, saying all kinds of false things about you. Guys, they're demon-possessed with snakes of religion. It's not confusing stuff. Christians are plagued with Egypt because they got into sweat of their brow after getting into the fruit of the lips. Get into the new covenant, born of the spirit, born of the sweet waters, but then you forget how to talk life and the accuser comes around, lands on your head and next thing you know, you come into covenant with the devil and you're a word cursor. And you get leprosy of the mouth, speaking death against your own brothers and sisters, and you forget how to love. And your, wa and your love waxes cold. Hallelujah. But guess what? Even amongst so many whose love has waxed cold, you can love so intensely and so fiery that you can melt their hearts. You can forgive the sins of your own murderers like Jesus Christ on the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Babylon the Great is such a confusing place. They don't understand the devils and the demons and the underworld of Hades and death and Abaddon. I mean, they're utterly clueless. Our people are clueless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. And by our people, I mean every Christian in the world. And we just speak life over them and let all the death be removed from their heads by the gates of our minds, releasing the reign of Christ. Reign from above, says the Lord, and rule from below, and springs through your hearts from below, and gates of rain from above. Genesis 7:11. In the year 600 of Noah, the fountains of the great deep broke up, that's all the stony places in your heart, and burst forth. <laughs> Was that the year that Noah hit the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus? 
Yes. And he brought the floods. This is the year we reach the mark of the high calling. And we bring the floods. From below, floods of glory. Springs of glory. Springs of the water of life. One for every heart of all eight billion people on earth. Amen. <laughs> we serve a great big God. And his creative power to raise the dead is far beyond what you can imagine right now. He could easily serve seven times 77 trillion more people than this, even if the whole universe was full of civilizations. And say every planet that's dead and cold in space was occupied? Say even with you? God could serve them even just perfectly. Riches beyond imagination, the riches of glory, the riches of heavenly Jerusalem, the riches of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, far beyond any human being's capability of imagination. You serve an amazing God, the living God. And every single one of us is going to get to know Him a lot better, even a lot faster now. There is such a quickening and an acceleration of removing the curse from your foreheads of being locked in the natural realm. I mean, what I see the Lord doing now with this gate stuff, and let's real dumb it down and get stupid about it because it's real simple stuff. The gate is your mind. And I see the reign of Christ and all the, the waters of Christ like the spirit of Elijah coming through your renewed minds. As it's written, be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Constantly refreshed through your mind so that there's no dryness in your mind. You know, if you don't water your own soul from your own heart, you know, you get bitter, you get nasty, you get angry, you know, you even sometimes get murderous, you get real grumpy. That's how a lot of prophets are because of being bewitched and got outside-minded. They didn't get what they thought they deserved. They didn't get the blessings the way they thought they'd get them. Almost none of their prophecies ever come true anymore. Because externalism is the false prophet. The brain is the false prophet. <laughs> and out of the brain came a frog. Holy Spirit. And when you lose power, and you lose control... To a God you think you serve, you get real frustrated. You get bitter about it. Because you thought you were in charge of your religious system, even your charismatic system. And when you lose control to a God you thought you are serving, it can be scary. So the Father is exceedingly gentle with you as you enter the ark of His glory by the renewing of your mind. As you lose control to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I was seeing all kinds of different people, real scared people, but the gentleness of the Father, this scene being so perfect that He just lets them easily enter the ark. And the waters from below and the waters from above in the days of Noah, now that you're in, and the living waters, just helping all the scared animals or nations 
coming out of that beast animal curse as they enter the glory of God. And I was seeing young women being the most terrified and scared of all. And I was seeing the gentleness of the Father today so perfectly ministering peace into their hearts that were so full of fears that even young women were entering the ark of His glory and the fears were just dissolved in the perfect peace of Christ their King. Amen. And the men, you know, well, most of them follow women. They say they don't, but they do. <laughs> they say that's the most common reason why m most men go to Bible study and church. It's to find a spouse, even Bible college. A ring by spring or your money back. And I was seeing that today too. And you know, <laughs> we're <laughs> we'll tell you the truth. These men will follow the women right into the ark. And be like, I'm in charge. I wear the pants in this household. Well, hallelujah. I've dealt with hundreds of thousands of you, and it's usually the absolute other way around. Hallelujah. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Has nothing to do with male or female, but they both come into the ark two by two. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for the full reverse of the curse as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be at the second coming of the Son of Man, who is servant of all, by the springs of living waters, through hearts, and by the gates of the rain of the waters of life, through every mind changed now in a twinkling of an eye, even through the windows of all the eyes, that will now see the glory of God, and the cloud of glory, and the bright glory of the manifesting sons and daughters of God, who are the first to overcome, the first fruits offering to God the Father. They have made their garments clean, spotless, white, and brilliant by their works of righteousness, by their righteous works, which means the works of the river, like broadcasting Joel's bar. People don't even consider it a work because it's so effortless. They don't, you know? It's funny. When you're so deep in the glory and so deep in the river of life, you forget you're even working because you're so blessed and you're so high and you're so drunk and you're so happy. And that's how it is when you're in love. When you're in first love, you can't be a slave or a worker or a son and daughter of Haggai even if you wanted to. Your flesh couldn't do a single thing. You're the sons and daughters of promise, not of the slave woman, not of the flesh, but of Sarah, of faith, of the miracle of being born of the Holy Spirit, of the miracle of being raised by the Holy Spirit, and the miracle of being taught by the Holy Spirit, Christ, as it's written, and they shall all be taught of God. Amen. Since your body is the temple of God, and when you don't have a seared conscience from dead works or religious activity, there's no veil. There's no fig leaves. Let your light so shine so that people can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Let your faces be radiant with the morning star who's risen in your heart. Amen. 
Don't hide your light under a bushel. This little light of mine, it's a great big light. It's a light bigger than all the stars of the heavens combined. This is the light of the bright morning star and the dawn of day. The seventh day since Adam, the third day since Christ. And the dawn of the seventh day is the rest of God, the Selah of God for a thousand years, sovereignly from below and above through all hearts and minds. And the spirits of death and the spirits of hell that have tormented and enslaved the nations are all systematically annihilated by the living waters through all hearts from below and through all minds from above. Because your mind is the reign of Christ in the gates of heaven and your heart is the fountain of Christ. And once your heart is broken up and bursting forth, then you can help the woman, as it's written, I saw the earth open up and help the woman, and it swallowed the waters of the red dragon. What are the waters of the red dragon? Well, Revelation tells you, it's the waters of the star that fell from heaven, wormwood, religious waters of bitterness, self-effort, strange fire, dead works. And the judgment that's come upon the religious is a cleansing righteous judgment of holiness and compassion for the slaves that have been serving God in the curse, which is the flesh, and not in spirit and truth, which is Christ. So a lot of ministers and Christian ministers, and there's going to be a lot of transition going on. These people are going to get, like, born again. They've been naming and claiming it born again, but now they're going to be in the fountains of the born-again life. They're going to be in rivers of the born-again life. They're going to go down to the river and pray. And they're going to sing about having a good day. Every day. <laughs> and He's going to restore the joy of their salvation. Even the angry prophets will rejoice. And the earth will be glad. Even the apostles that have gone after money, instead of being slave of all and the ox of God threshing under the hearts of the nations in the underworld, removing death and Hades from people's root systems and their nations. And all of these false, false apostles and false prophets and false teachers of religious spirits of Sodom and Egypt of the flesh will all be forgiven. They'll all be washed. The days of Noah is the washing of the water of the word through all hearts and all minds. Can anyone resist the fountain of life? I mean, in the days of Noah, could anyone resist? Jesus Christ said His second coming would be like the days of Noah. I'm not lying to you, and I'm telling you, the mark of the high calling is reached, even today. And the full release of the fountains of the great deep, and the gates and the windows of the heavens, through our hearts and minds, refined in fire seven times, to be without spot and wrinkle. Someone just had to raise a standard and release the waters and wash the world. Not in hate, not in condemnation, not in the blood of Abel that cries for vengeance, but in the blood of Christ that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, Hebrews says. Forgiveness. I mean, is there any greater love than forgiving your enemies, dying for them on the cross as they're murdering you, heaping insults on you? 
calling you a liar, a fake and a phony, a false messiah, a false Christ, as you're hanging there bloody and naked. I mean, that's what, how they treated him. And that's how they've treated all of his servants for 2,000 years. The Bible says if they treated the teacher that way, they'll also treat the students that way. Matthew 5 through 7. So, I mean, that's really the testimony of Jesus, that you've been following the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of glory and the spirit of Jesus Christ with all of your heart when people treat you the way they treated him. And they were religious people. They were political and religious. The seed of Herod and the seed of the Pharisees is what attacked and murdered him and heaped all the verbal abuse upon him and tempted him on the cross. If you are the Messiah, come down and we'll believe in you. And he could have. But he just never pleased man. He only pleased God the Father. Perfectly, every day. He could not listen to those who were heaping insults on him. They were always tempting him every day. He walked in perfect glory. The Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. (laughs) And he just was like, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They're not in the glory yet. They don't understand because their sins have not been forgiven. They're in the darkness of their own religious death under the accuser, Satan, the fallen angels. And their nature is that of snakes and scorpions (laughs) and things that bite and things that crawl on the ground. And their nature is not yet redeemed in the Christ nature. They don't have the new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, all things made new, no longer religious nature. They're still tormented, and they're taking it out on someone who's, who's healthy and who's healed. The sick have always attacked the healthy. The spiritually sick attack the spiritually healthy. And they want to plague you with their sickness, which is darkness, religion, death, and hell, and to bury you under the same demons that bury them. And if you don't let them bury you, then they murder you and accuse you and condemn you and lie about you behind your back because you won't join them in their own darkness. But there comes a time when you are so fortified in the Father's love towards your accusers and haters that you can wash them. And that's ultimately why He died on the cross to wash away the sins of the world. The Baptist testified of him, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. And he does it sovereignly. And he doesn't ask permission. He washes all nations in his goodness. He's the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. <laughs> you got to see the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire. I will pour it out on all flesh. They didn't even ask permission for it. So you're violating a person's free will. You're you're violating someone's stubbornness and their independence of God and their working of iniquity, which is the doing of their own thing. Being good in their eyes and not in the seven eyes of the seven spirits of God that slay your natural eyes, being crucified with Christ. God does that now. God sovereignly is pouring out His Spirit in the gates and in the fountains and in the windows from below and from above through the believers 
that have reached the top of the mountain and have learned to love all the people that mistreated them along the banks and along the way. Don't go any higher. You go up there. There's false prophets up there. Stay at this degree of glory. Going any higher is not safe. I heard there were only devils up there. I mean, those are the things people say about going higher in the glory, going to the next degree of glory. And that's why they themselves haven't gotten any higher because they're afraid. And they've actually believed the negative report and not the good report of Joshua and Caleb or the good report of the true apostles and prophets of God <laughs> and the overcomers on the top of Mount Zion. But now there will be such a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power that people will believe the full good news of the overcoming of death and hell. And they will see the one who holds the keys of death and hell. And as you see him, you'll be washed by him in crystal clear living waters that remove all the death from your heart and all the hell from your mind. And you'll be glorified. And you'll live in the glory. And you'll begin to have an abundant life and be set free from all your cares, fears, worries, doubts, anxieties, and all the fruit of the flesh will be consumed and forgiven you, head to toes, in the rivers of the waters of life, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One last Joel's Bar tomorrow, and then uh, we got Christmas, and we're going on a ski trip to Colorado, so last one tomorrow, and then it'll be about a 10-day break, I think. But uh, we just released the 2018 School of Sonship. 325 short teachings. And a lot of you could go back through it now, having come through so much deliverance. And it'll just be fresh bread, fresh manna. And it'll just totally glorify you. So that's on redlettermen.com. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.